My guest on this week's episode of Susan Search is Brad Pascal, National Sales Director at Fixed Stops Digital. Brad is one of the most exciting personalities in automotive digital marketing right now. He hosts a popular weekly video series, Tactical Tips Tuesday. He's been in the automotive industry for over 10 years and held important positions both in dealerships and on the vendor side. Brad and the team from Fixed Stops Digital are fixtures at all the most important automotive conferences. He's a born problem solver and a legitimately generous person. I'm going to start our conversation talking about how to do marketing for a fixed stops department within a dealership. Don't know what fixed stops means? Stay tuned because even if you aren't working in automotive, there's a valuable lesson about niching down to gain expertise. Grab something cold to drink and join me for a conversation with Brad Pascal. We'll talk about this year's NADA conference. We'll talk a little bit about the chip shortage and Brad will tell us what most auto dealerships are doing wrong marketing their service stations. Brad, welcome to Southern Search. How you doing? Man, I'm I'm doing great. How about you, bud? I'm doing great. It's great to talk to a, a friend of mine, have you on here. Um, I feel like whenever I have somebody in automotive on here, sometimes I skip past some like important definitions. And, and for the people who are not in automotive, they don't know what we're talking about. So you, you work for Fixed Ops Digital. I think um, I, I know what Fixed Ops means and many of our, much, in our, much of our automotive audience will. But for those who aren't in there, tell, tell the audience a little bit about fixed uh, fixed ops digital and what that even means. What fixed ops really means? Yeah, so um, fixed ops would be considered like your service, your parts department, body shop, collision center, you know, uh, things like that. Stuff that doesn't re- really uh, uh, rely on sales, right? So sales would be considered variable ops, and then fixed ops is stuff that you know that's routine that's going to have to come in along with stuff you know if there's any problems or stuff like that so anything that has to do with servicing parts collision anything like that is considered fixed ups um and i don't think i don't think everybody really realizes how big a business that is and there's a lot of revenue in there absolutely and that's that's what really actually keeps the lights on at these dealerships because they're there's a there's a ton of money and a lot of it's more consistent so this is a really big business within a, a business. Yeah, six hundred and eighty-five billion dollars last year. There you go. I mean, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money in, uh, in that people spend. Um, even Elon, even Elon finds that to be a lot. Yeah, of money. absolutely. Like even, I mean, that's a that's across the board. Um, you know, I'm blessed to work for a company that's that's pretty neat where we try to set the service advisors up for the same success that we do the salespeople. Um, so our company is about four years old. Uh, we, we just passed 660 dealers across the U.S. We really focus on being problem solvers and helping people and customizing stuff. And, you know, when, when you're selling a car, you know, because I came out of a dealership, when you're selling a car, you say, hey, I want to be the person that you call if anything goes wrong, right? Um, and I know that you guys do that at, at, at where you work. And we do it where we work is, hey, regardless of what type of problem it is, call me first because I usually have a connection that can help you get it solved, right? So it's it's very rare that you see that on the vendor side. And so when you when you asked me to come on, I'm super excited because I know you guys believe the same way. Yeah, I mean, the one thing you guys do a really good job of is uh, they're good partners. The, the accounts that we have when we work together, I'm really, really pleased with how they go. And um, just like there's never been there's never been any drama with you guys. It's always just been really easy to work with. So, uh, I, we we love working with fixed up fixed ups digital, and uh, we'll continue to refer you guys. I mean, I guess a good pivot is to to be like you know, 
a, this is a little bit of a loaded question, but you're in sales, so you see a lot of dealers before they've started working with fixed stops. So you're inheriting some sort of campaign that they had before. Uh, how are de dealers doing in terms of marketing for fixed stops? Is it just beautiful every time? It just is looking great. Well, you know, it's 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 kind of crazy because. Um, what happens is, is we go back to the business, right? $685 billion and dealership capture about 18%. Coincidentally, they usually capture about 18% of the search volume, right? Yeah. Um, and the problem that happens that we see a lot, and I'm sure you guys run into it too because you guys create content too, is that they don't tell what they do. They don't tell what services they do and they don't tell what and, and it, you don't have to use us to do that. You can do that any way that you want to. But, you know, you should go through your top 20 ROs, and if there's not a page about it on your dealership's website, then your customers don't know what you do. It would be like going to Amazon and and uh, searching for a hairbrush, and all, all you found was just like a comb. Right, That's right. it. And just one comb. And that does, instead of going to Amazon like you do now, and there's five million types of hairbrushes, right? right. If, if you look at it like that, if you if you don't if you're not able to tell what you do, and then you're busy with fifty-seven thousand oil changes, and you're upset about that, and your average dollars per RO is really low, probably need to look at your website to see if the only page you have on your website is an oil change page, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you feel like there is a competition for attention problem here that like uh, the effort energy goes into variable and fixed apps can be, be second or do you, do you feel like uh, where is the energy going when, when you're the general manager or the dealer principal when they really want to talk about stuff uh, is there is there you know a competition for the attention of that principal? Well I think what happens a lot of times and this isn't always the case but this is uh, a lot of times is if you think about a career path into the general manager position, a lot of it goes through sales. And so yeah. fixed ops is this mystic area where they really have to rely on the service managers. And so I think that's why you see a lot of spin skewed towards the sales department, right? Wow. Because um, general managers are fantastic at knowing almost every part of their job, but the parts that they're not, they're not good at uh, marketing people come in and make them feel dumb about and that's not you know like Google Analytics or like stuff like that so you have to be able to talk to those things without making someone feel dumb and explain them really easy right so let's take I'll give you an example okay so if you look at um, if I'm talking to a service manager and I'm talking about the site map on his website which we submit to Google to make sure that Google knows where all the pages are and where everything goes. I'm going to correlate that to an electrical map of a car, right? It shows you where all the wiring is. It shows you what connects to what. And it's it's almost exactly the same blueprint as a site map. And so I think that's the problem. Part of it's on marketing people, and then part of it is just how the natural career paths in the dealership happen. I like it. I, I completely agree that that's how the career path works in my experience as well. So, all right, cool. So you guys are niched down pretty damn well. Like you, you work uh, within a specialization within a car dealership. So I can see the benefit of that. It seems like you can really focus, right? You can get really, really into the details, into the minutia. 
know all the verbiage that's that's really important uh, you can kind of test things out and, and replicate them over several hundred dealerships you know what what's the biggest advantage to specifying you know you know being so specific as an agency that, that, that you guys are just you're, you're very much experts in this one specific area in a dealership you know it's very interesting because the the, the thing that makes it easy is that there hasn't been a lot of innovation in that space. And so as we go along, we have the opportunity to innovate in that area. Uh, and we do blocking and tackling really, really, really well, right? And even more, most major websites don't do blocking and tackling well, whenever you're looking at it, right? That's why, that's why you exist, that's why I exist, is because they don't do a good job of SEO, or they don't do a good job of building content, or they don't do a good job of fixing Google My Business or Google Business Profile as it's called now, right? So they don't do a good job of that kind of stuff and they don't do a good job of explaining it. And so what we've been able to do is position ourselves as as the people that help people, no matter if you're a client or not, right? We'll help anybody, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, and then we've been able to innovate, like we turned our, our we have a, we have a the same style click funnel that you have on Amazon where you have a search results page and when you're searching for something it shows up all of the different options and then you click on something and it gives you a product detail page or description of that. We've been able to bring that to the service side of stuff where you have a service menu page and then you have a service detailed page that explains the service. Because we right. tend to ask for the commitment way too early, right? If you look at every major e-commerce site, it's options with pricing, then details, then commitment, right? And so that's the click funnel and that's the way we're trained to think across all shopping. And so by creating that menu page, we're actually able to turn that into an inventory feed. So now we're able to push into Google ads, we're able to push into, we're able to push into a Facebook market or Facebook commerce manager. Uh, we just did a test run with Amazon display. So we're able to build this inventory feed of service specials basically. And we're able to push to all these different places where no one else can run dynamic stuff like that. Everybody has to create the creative. All of our creative matches what's on your website. So by innovating in those ways, um, we see massive, it's ma lower overhead for creating all that stuff, massive upside. And then we're very strategic of how we partner with people. So we wanna make sure that we're partnering with the best of the best. And that's what gives a return on investment. So we have some cool case studies with Amazon coming out. Uh, we're working with Facebook on some stuff. And then um, the Google Ads is pretty cool with the dynamic stuff because I think there's a massive amounts of uh, opportunity there um, because we have really, really, really good content pages, which really helps that quality score whenever you're running that stuff. So. Well, I, I can totally vouch for your, your content pages. You mentioned something. You mentioned Google Business Profile. Um, and, you know, you have a podcast called Tactical Tips Tuesday, which I love the alliteration. I, I wonder if you could give me some tactical tips. Oh, on man. Uh, Google Business Profile for fixed stops. Oh, so, so there's so many different things. Um, so there's been a big uptick in, like, I mean, I probably fixed – 15 of these a week for free, um, but just making sure that they're nested the proper way, right? As departments, yeah. making sure each one of your listings has 10 categories, 
making sure that, you know, completeness of profile. So making sure that it's filled out at least minimum 10. Um, there's interior, exterior, team products sections of the photos and making sure you at least have 10 photos there, which is like 90% of the people that I come across have nothing on the service or the parts ones there. So um, we're actually working on trying to pull our service specials into the product section of GMB automatically where you wouldn't have to update that. Uh, but just making sure that you, you, you have all of that set up. What I like to do personally is create a separate email address to owns all of the Joe's GMBs and then add as many people at the dealership as possible because if you lose access to it, it's it's a pain to get it back, right? No question. Um, if you're having trouble with nesting your stuff, I know you guys do a lot of that stuff or, or they can reach out to me either way. I'd be more than happy to help, no strings attached uh, because it's a it's a pain to get those things fixed. Without question. Yeah, no no doubt. And I, I did mention your podcast, so I should give you a chance to, to talk about it a little bit. What What's the show about? Where can people go to, to see it? Um, yeah, so it's a, it's a really cool show uh, that kind of came out of Driving Sales. You know, Greg and I both speak at Driving Sales quite a bit, and, um, and I wanted to do something different to where I could leave people with something. So I did a lot of interviews with people around the automotive industry that are really smart about fixed stops, and I did it, put it in a presentation. I did commentary in between the the videos and uh it was a big hit and um i sent out the playlist afterwards off of youtube and then i got a bunch of emails saying hey you're gonna do more hey you're gonna do more and i wasn't planning on doing more but now i'm booked up until like the middle of july uh so it it's it's i book all of my own stuff we have a really fantastic marketing team of 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 uh, that does a fantastic job of putting those out. Uh, I actually go back and help out uh, with some stuff. So uh, it's pretty cool. We talk about all different sorts of stuff from technician recruiting to um, we just talked about how some dealerships are hiring electricians to put in chargers and to, uh, and to do uh, solar panels. And dealerships are actually having in-house electricians because uh, if they rely on the charger company it's three to four months out so we talk a little bit about all kinds of stuff that's totally different um that most people we're gonna have uh, i just got a commitment today which is pretty exciting um there's a guy named the humble mechanic uh he works for volkswagen he has about 600 600 000 youtube subscribers he's a he's a good friend of mine known him for a long time i thought of him today i sent him a text he's gonna come on the podcast that'll be a pretty good one uh, but we've had all kinds of people like Patrick Brown and David Long and uh, Joy Hawkins, which I know you guys go. She's a SEO person, so uh, she came on uh, on the podcast. So I try to get a variety of people, uh, but you'll never hear me talk about what we do at Fix Ups because it's not about that. What it's about is just bringing information and creating a community like we have on the sales and the marketing side uh, for those Fix Ups people where they can learn and 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 see what other people are doing and come up with ideas and see cool companies that, are, that do in, innovative stuff. And that's what it's for. It's like a give back type podcast, you know? I love it. I love, I love the approach and give the good work. I, I, we were talking off here, the last time I saw you was at NADA for those 
not in automotive. That's the biggest automotive conference every year. And it was awesome because this is the first time it was back in person after, I think, two years off, something like that. So we've been back for a little bit. And, um, you know, as you reflect on the show, what, what, what were dealers telling you? What were your big takeaways from the show? What are you looking forward to uh, to close out 2022? You know, my biggest takeaway from the show, it was a little chaotic, right? Because it's the first one back, right? So it kind of seemed like everybody was out of practice. They were totally. pulled 900 different ways. And point. so, um, I mean, we had a fantastic show. We got to talk to a lot of people. It was really cool to feel the love, you know, like the oh, love from that. your customers and the and the hugs and seeing those people and seeing your vendor friends and seeing your, you know, seeing all of that. That, that, that was a really... It was very uplifting, and it really kind of recharged the batteries. Uh, my wife's in automotive, so she it was her first NADA, which was kind of cool. So it was kind of cool to see. Um, uh, so now I'm not – she's not referred to as uh, Brad's wife. I'm referred to as Courtney's husband. So uh, I, I got a lot of picking on. But I think the coolest thing was to see, like, where we stacked up against other people. Mm-hmm. And then the, the secondary thing was just how – much like how well your team does right so our account directors they're all been with in automotive over five years so just to see how much how much people wanted to come up and see the people that they had they've been talking to over the last two years but haven't seen was really really good because having and you guys know they're they're uh y'all have really good teammates and when you have really good teammates it makes your job so much easier um and, you know, I'm not constantly dealing with fires. I'm not constantly having to walk around. I get to do the things that I'm good at because I have really, really fantastic teammates. Uh, and I have really, really fantastic guys I work for like Owen and Kevin. And so just seeing that impact on on the people that we work with and knowing that, knowing that you're making a difference and you're helping people and people bring, you know, other people bringing people over is really kind of a, Neat. and our boots were next to each other so it was kind of cool because we could walk them back and forth to each other so uh, that 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 was a lot of fun so I, I love just seeing people and getting out there and I love people bringing me problems right so I'm, I'm kind of the problem guy like hey bring anything that you got it I like to try to get stumped it doesn't I got one like I was telling you earlier I got one that's kind of stumping me but that's uh, that's the first one in a long time so all right, I dig it. I dig it. Well, one of the things that everyone's talking about, I feel like we're almost contractually obligated to ask every automotive person about the chip shortage. Um, for you guys, I wonder if this is presented an opportunity. So, you know, yeah. auto dealers need to, to get more revenue maybe from their fixed stops and they have less inventory to sell. Are they starting to pivot and ask you more questions about how they can how they can scale out their fixed stops more because of this chip shortage? Yeah, and the chip shortage is kind of different, right? So, so um, what's more important than the chip shortage is because of the chip shortage, they've had to pivot how they build a lot of these cars. Yeah. So you're going to see a lot of recalls coming out, right? Yeah. A lot of recalls. You've already used Ford just got hit with one what two days ago? Right. Massive SUV recall. The if it's in park, it'll roll off. Uh, so. There's going to be a lot of recalls coming down the, the line just because of uh, how they've had to adjust how they build things. And so uh, we have we have um, strategies in place for recalls and recall campaigns and stuff like that to try to help people and making it easy. 
Um, I know we work with Jared and those guys at Jermaine. We've done a lot of recall stuff for their group, Brian Kramer and those guys. So um, that's the biggest part of it is the quality control uh, that's going to be coming down the pipeline of these cars that were made during this time. I think you're going to see a lot of recalls coming in. And I think, uh, you know, you need to be able to, number one, handle that, which requires technician recruiting and technician re uh, retention and, and, and stuff like that. And number two, you have to find a way to capture capture those recalls so you don't lose them to a competitor, right? Yeah. Um, the other thing that's really important that's been, and you'll hear it up in different states that's been going through Congress, is the Right to Repair Act, which you're trying to get um, some of these other auto ind independent auto repair facilities to be able to do warranty work, right? Okay. So that's something we really have to unite on against as car dealers uh, because we don't want to lose that warranty business. And every year it seems it moves a little bit closer to the line. You know, that might be four, five, ten years down the road, but it's something to be aware of. No question. Well, interesting. And then the last thing I, I thought to ask you about, is you know you you've been a uh, a big name in automotive digital marketing for a while now. Um, I don't know how if you go as far back as me, but I can remember when I first started my career. You know, whether it was an auto dealer or just a prospective client generally, they would be skeptical of digital marketing. They'd be like, "Well, you know what? We've been advertising in the Chicago Tribune for 20 years, and it works, and I'm going to keep doing that." Or, you know, the billboards are working, whatever. So. And talking to Glenn Pash about this, those dynamics are shifting, and so now it kind of feels like digital is the safe place to go. It's the it's the most uh, proven place to be. You know, I wonder if you agree with that idea. And uh, do you think do you think that today digital marketing for auto dealers this is the safe investment for their marketing spend? That maybe there should be some other things into that. I, I wouldn't totally disqualify other things, but as you think about it as an you know, marketing investment, is this the safest move to go into SEO, to go into PPC, to go into content, go into the video stuff that you guys are doing and really double down on digital marketing? There's there's a couple answers to this question. So I love the question first off, right? Because I, I am a digital guy, but I, I grew up in a dealership that did a lot of grassroots stuff, right? And I think the foundation for any sort of marketing is embedded in the community, right? Yeah. Um, so I've said this probably 900 times, but we surveyed all of our, we surveyed all of our, um, the people that worked for us and said, hey, what nonprofit are you involved in? And they told us, and then we adopted one every month uh, f f for as long as the store's been open. And by adopting them around whatever their big event was for that month, then you know when 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 my month's here i help or you help out and then your month comes next and i help out and so it creates this camaraderie within the dealership because you each want to help each other because you want you to give your charity that you're passionate about um the best chance and i think that's the foundation for all marketing so that's where i start and then when you go from there, I like grassroots stuff. I, I like grassroots stuff, but I also love digital marketing. So I think there's a way, I think all marketing is, is a way to scale relationship. That's all it is. It's, it's how do we scale relationship, whether, whether it's that. So you have to run, I have run everything through filters. Hey, does this invoke any sort of emotion? Is this heartfelt? 
Is this, you know, so when I start to run, when I'm running marketing strategies, I start to run it through those filters because there's only so many ways to capture attention and our attention spans are shorter and shorter and we're pulled 900 different ways. And, um, I'll give you examples. So when you go camping, you go to sleep when it gets dark, you wake up when the sun comes up and you're not tired when you're at home and you're going throughout your day, you're overstimulated by so many different things that it wastes energy throughout your day and so you go to sleep tired you wake up tired and uh and a lot of people go through that and it's because we're pulled so many different ways and we're never meant to be that overstimulated. so if you know that and you know that you have to invoke emotion to capture attention it makes your marketing way easier to filter through right uh, so i would say come up with your lenses within your dealership to run those through to make a determination and then back it up with data, right? So we have GA4 coming down the pipeline, which is gonna be a huge conversation, which I know we've had conversations back and forth. We're working on engagement metrics and KPIs for service department, because notoriously it's been like this dark hole where nobody knows what's going on and you can't really see through. So I think run it through the lenses and then verify with with data on the back end and that's the best plan to to figure out if it's going to work for you or not all right i love it well well brad i i've really enjoyed the conversation if, if anyone wants to get in touch with you or fix stops digital where should they go to do that what's your favorite social media what's the website where do we go yeah they can they can connect with me on linkedin or or, or shoot me an email you can just find it it's a uh, Brad at fixupsdigital.com or Brad Pascal P-A-S-C-H-A-L. Um, they can they can also if they want to shoot me a text or give me a call they can they can do that too at eight zero six five four eight two four six eight. So pretty easy to find uh, if you need anything or if you got a problem that needs to be solved or you're having an issue or anything like that uh or you have an idea you know if you have an idea for the show or you want to come on the show um feel free to reach out awesome well it's been a pleasure i'm gonna give you a virtual cheers and then i will sign off oh, yeah. now uh we'll be back next week with another episode of southern search brad thanks again for coming on thanks mark